Today we're beginning a new message series called Power for Life. Uh, of course, this is the first Sunday in 2018. It's really a time of transition, a time to transition from the old year, 2017, into our new year of 2018. And in this new year, God has a plan for you individually, and He has a plan for our church family as well. Now, the plan that God has for each of us in the new year is built upon His plan from last year, but it's also a new plan. It's not the same. And so God's plan for us in 2018 is not exactly the same as His plan for us in 2017, but God is infinitely creative, and He wants us to follow His plan, and when we do that, we will live the most exciting life that is possible. We will live the life that God created us to live, following Jesus is never boring. Now, the plan that God has for you this year is going to be impossible for you to achieve on your own. Some of us uh, put, put out checklists. These are the things I think I can do in 2018. And if you have such a checklist and you think you can accomplish everything on the checklist, then that list is not God's complete plan for you in the new year. Because God's got things for you to do that you can't do in your own strength, that you think are impossible. I'll never be able to do that. And some of those things are part of God's plan for you in 2018. And so last Sunday, we talked about seeking God in a new way in 2018. We, we need to seek God to understand what his plan and purpose is for us in the new year. And we need to seek God that he would give us the power to carry out, to fulfill that plan that he has for us. And so in 2018, we all need his power in and for our lives. And so in this January series that we're beginning today called Power for Life, God wants to teach us to press in to receive his power in a new way because we need his power to fulfill his plans for our lives. So let's take a quick look at a a short video called Power for Life. The power that we need is the power of the Holy Spirit. And so today we're going to talk about why I need the Spirit's power. The scriptures that we're going to be studying this morning come primarily from the first two chapters of the book of Acts. And just as we're in a transition time from the old year to the new year, the disciples at that time were in transition. Jesus had died on the cross and had been resurrected and he had told them that he was going to ascend back into heaven. The disciples wanted to know, what are we going to do next? What are your detailed plans? And Jesus answered them and said to them in Acts 1.6, and you can follow along in the white page in the middle of your bulletin. It has the scriptures written out there as well as the outline. Verse 6, uh, Jesus said, uh, well, they asked Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And so the disciples were still thinking that Jesus was the Messiah, which he was, but they thought the Messiah would break them free of Rome's rule and that he would establish an earthly rule as king. They wanted to know his plan. They wanted to know his timetable. They didn't understand at this point that he was going to be leaving them and going back to heaven. And so Jesus answered them when they asked the question in verse 7. He said, it's not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power 
when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so first of all, what Jesus told his disciples was that you don't need to know God's detailed plans about the future. We all want to know the detailed plans, don't we? God said, you don't need to know that. In fact, not only do you not need to know it, but I'm not going to tell you what they are. God's not going to tell you. You can pray till you're blue in the face, and God's not going to lay out his plan for you for the next 40 years or whatever it may be. It's not for you to know. Jesus said, rather than knowing detailed plans about the future, what you need is an experience with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to them basically that this experience with the Holy Spirit is going to give you the power to carry out my audacious plan for your life. My plan for your life that's so big that if you knew it in entirety, you would say, no way, I'm out of here. But the Holy Spirit will give you the power and take you one step at a time to fulfill the plan that I have for your life. And the plan that God had for those disciples at that time is his plan for each believer of every age, including you and me. And that plan is to be a witness for Jesus to, ver- to the very ends of the earth, starting right where we are. For the disciples at that point, they were in Jerusalem. They were going to start there and carry the gospel to the ends of the earth. The disciples at this time, they were afraid. They were in hiding from the Romans. Most had abandoned Jesus at his trial. Peter had even denied knowing Jesus. And now Jesus was telling them he was leaving them, and they had to be his witnesses to the entire world. No way could they do that on their own. And so the disciples needed the power of the Spirit in their lives. And that's the same power that we need as well today. And so God's plan for our lives in 2018 involves being a witness for him. Being a witness for him in our families, to our relatives, to our co-workers, to our neighbors, and to the ends of the earth as well as we support missionaries called by God to go to places that we cannot go to. God's plan for our church is to be a witness across St. Louis. Impossible, right? Well, on our own it is, and that's why we need the Spirit's power. We cannot carry out God's plan for our lives and God's plan for our church in our own power. The church in America today is virtually powerless. It's seeking to entertain people into the kingdom of God, and that's not going to work. We need the Spirit's power today in far greater measure than we have yet experienced. And so today we're going we're going to ask and answer the question, why do I need the Spirit's power? First of all, Jesus commanded me to receive the Spirit's power. Verse 4 of Acts chapter 1 says, While staying with them, he, that is Jesus, ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. And so what was going on here? Jesus had already given his disciples the outline of his plan for their lives. A broad outline, not the detailed outline, but a broad outline. And the lives for every believer, we often refer to it as the Great Commission. The first part of it says in Matthew 28, 18, All authority, Jesus said, in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And so Jesus, in the end of Matthew, had commanded his disciples to make disciples of all nations, 
to go to all the nations of the world. But now in Acts 1, Jesus is saying and ordering his followers to wait. To not go, but to stay in Jerusalem. They were to wait for something, something he had already told them about, something they needed in order to carry out the Great Commission, something that he called the promise of the Father, something he had already told them about. Well, he told them about it in Matthew 24, verse 49. He said to the disciples, I am sending the promise of my Father upon you, but stay in the city, speaking of Jerusalem, until you are clothed with power from on high. You see, the Gospel of Luke was the first book written by Luke, and the book of Acts was the second. And in this verse, Jesus had, in Luke, the Gospel of Luke, Jesus had previously talked to them about the promise of the Father. And he also told them to stay in the city and not go anywhere until they were clothed with power from on high. Now, as we read about the disciples in the Gospels, we soon understand they had to be told multiple times by Jesus in order for them to have any hope of it sinking in. And we need that as well. So in other words, the disciples were not to try to carry out God's plan without this special power. And in Acts 1 verse 5, Jesus continues and says, For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And so the promise of the Father, Jesus says here, is the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And that experience with the Holy Spirit would give the disciples the power that they would need to carry out God's plan for their lives. Now, we've already looked at Acts 1, verse 8. You can look back in your notes, and it says that they will receive the Spirit's power in order to be Jesus' witnesses. Now, next Sunday, we're going to talk in more detail about what spirit baptism is. But today, I just want to make clear that the disciples at this point were full-fledged New Testament believers. They had put their faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. They were born again. The Holy Spirit was living inside of them. And yet they needed an additional power in order to carry out God's plan. Now, as we go through this series, we're going to see that the power that Jesus promised was not just for the apostles of thousands of years ago. It was not just for the 120 disciples of Jesus seeking his power in the upper room. It was not just for the 3,000 people in the crowd gathered at Pentecost, it was for every believer of all time. And so I believe that God wants every believer, uh, every believer in the world, every believer in our church to have the power that the Father promised and Jesus commanded us to wait for. And so to help us in seeking God's power in this new year in 2018, I'd like to encourage each one of you to do a few things. In fact, I'm going to encourage you before the message is done, to do three things. So here's number one. Uh, the first thing I would like you to do, I would encourage you to do, is to read one chapter in the book of Acts every day during January. Not too difficult. One chapter in the book of Acts every day during January. There are 25 days left in January. Acts has 28 uh, chapters, so you can double a few days or finish in February. Now, why am I asking you to read Acts? Well, the book of Acts is God's handbook for the supernatural life that he wants you to have, that he wants every believer to have. And so as you read the book of Acts, don't just read it as history. It is history. It's accurate history. It tells us what happened, but it's 
so much more than just history. Read Acts to understand the kind of power that God wants you to have in your life. What happened back then, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we're going to see that what Jesus promised, what Jesus commanded back then, he promises and commands us in the same way today. Now, the benefit of the Spirit's power to be witnesses for Jesus is emphasized in Acts, but that supernatural power that God wants us to have will help us in every area of our lives. I need power to live supernaturally. On the day of Pentecost, Peter preached that this power for life, preached about this power for life, beginning with a prophecy from the prophet Joel. In verse, um, let's go back to this one. Yeah, in verse 17, Peter preached and quoted from the prophet Joel. He said, in the last days it shall be, God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Now, the Bible makes clear that the last days, oftentimes people think the last days is off in the future sometimes. According to the Bible, the last days are the time between Jesus' ascension into heaven and when he returns again. That's the period of the last days. In fact, in these Acts chapter 2, uh, Peter is beginning to explain what was happening on the day of Pentecost, which we'll get into next Sunday. And he was describing it by using this prophecy, talking about the last days. So Peter was saying, we are in the last days now, and we know it because what started happening on the day of Pentecost. And so you and I are living in the last days, just as Peter was living in the last days. And God is doing something new in these last days that never occurred in the Old Testament. The prophet Joel, which is quoted by Peter, was saying that in the last days, every believer would be able to receive this power to live supernaturally, to live a supernatural life. You see, in the Old Testament, it was just a select few. You had certain kings, you had certain prophets who had this power, but the average person did not live a supernatural life. Only a few could hear God speak through dreams and visions. But in the last days, God is opening up his power to every single believer and as we'll see he's offering new gifts that were not even available to anyone in the old testament so why is doing why is god doing this well the book of acts begins in the very first verse and says this luke writes he says in the first book O theophilus which was the gospel of luke i have dealt with all that jesus began to do and teach circle that word began and so in the Gospel of Luke, Luke wrote about everything that Jesus did, the miracles he did, the things that the people he healed, the people he delivered, everything that Jesus taught. But here Luke is saying that that was just the beginning. Now, by the end of chapter one of Acts, Jesus is gone. He's ascended into heaven. And so Luke is saying in the book of Acts, I'm going to tell you what Jesus continued to do after he ascended into heaven. And how did he do it? Well, Jesus would continue to minister supernaturally, not through his own hands and feet, but through ordinary believers who were in 
the church. Ordinary believers who believed him and walked in faith. And so as you read through Acts this month, you're going to see this happen over and over again. Sometimes through people whose names we know, apostles, Peter, Paul, John. And sometimes through people we haven't heard their names much. Ananias, Stephen, they weren't apostles. And sometimes unknown people, unnamed people. In verse 22, Peter goes on to say, Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs. Those are supernatural things that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. And so Peter summarized Jesus' ministry. A supernatural ministry of miracles, healings, Deliverances, teaching of God's word. But by the end of Acts 2, the disciples who had been hiding in secret rooms were publicly doing the same supernatural things that Jesus had been doing. By the end of chapter 2, we see verse 43, and awe came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. Jesus had done wonders and signs, and now his disciples were doing the very same things. And what was the purpose of this all? It was to fulfill the Great Commission. It was to make more disciples of Jesus, and that was happening as well. Verse 47, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. And so on the day of Pentecost, the ministry of Jesus exploded from 120 believers in the upper room to over 3,000 saved on the day of Pentecost, and now by the, that was in chapter 2, and now by the end of chapter 2, people are being added every day to the church, people being saved more and more. And so you and I need the power of the Spirit to live supernaturally. It's not just for pastors, it's not just for evangelists, it's not just for famous people, it's for every believer. God's Word promises for every believer. The power of the Spirit can totally turn a person's life around. Just think about Peter for a minute. Peter had denied Christ at the trial. Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times. And what did Peter say? No way, Lord. I'm, I'm with you all the way. And a day later, he denied him. I never knew the man. Denied him three times. He decided to go back fishing to take up his old occupation. He was through with this ministry stuff. After the resurrection, he was hiding from the Romans. He was scared to do anything at all. And yet, after receiving the Spirit's power on the day of Pentecost, he was transformed. He was electrifying a crowd of thousands of people. How he did it without a sound system, I have no idea. But it worked. It happened. And as you read through the book of Acts, you're going to see this same Peter moving supernaturally in in miraculous ways, his life transformed by the power of the Spirit. And so the power that we're going to be talking about in this series, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, will make God's power available to you in every area of your life. This power of the Holy Spirit will give you victory over sin. It will help you in your family relationships. It will help you discern God's plan for your life. It will reveal his plan for your life. It will help you on your job. It's a very practical power that we need, that each of us needs to live the exciting supernatural life that we are created to live. 
And as I said today, I'm going to encourage you to do three things. Who can tell me the first thing I encourage you to do? Read one chapter in Acts uh, every day in January. The second thing is to take time every day to pray. Whenever you read God's word, you should pray as well. So this is obvious, but I'm going to tell you the obvious anyhow. Take time to pray and, and ask God to prepare you to receive more of the Spirit's power in this new year. No matter where you're at in your walk with God, God wants you to press in more. No matter how much power you've experienced in your life, there's more for you. And God wants you to seek more of the Spirit's power in your life. And of course, don't miss any of the messages in this four-part series. They're all very important. If you can't be here in person, uh, you can listen to it online. It'll be posted on our website, YouTube, Facebook. You can get it any of those places. And so if you do happen to miss one, and the people that missed today because they believe the weather forecaster, um, we'll try to get them to listen to it as well. Now, if this power is not automatically received at salvation, how does a person receive it? Well, we need to receive Jesus' gift. So let's uh, look at another verse from Peter's sermon on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, verse 32. He says, this Jesus God raised up. And of that we are all witnesses, being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. And so in Acts chapter 1, Jesus ascended back into heaven. That's where he is today. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. I mean, Jesus is not here on this earth anymore in flesh. He has a, he has a body, a flesh, fleshly body, just like you and I, but it's a glorified body. And he is seated at the right hand of God. And so at the, on the day of Pentecost, Jesus the Son in heaven received from the Father, what does it say, the promise of the Holy Spirit. He received that and then he poured out the Holy Spirit. He baptized 120 followers of Jesus waiting and praying in the upper room. What were these believers doing? They were seeking God. They were waiting for the promise that he said was going to come. They were asking him for it. They were praying to receive the gift that Jesus had for them. And that gift was the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And so the picture we see here in these verses is of Jesus pouring out of the Spirit like a, like a mighty rushing flood of water, like pouring out a river upon those seeking God for his power. So that's re one reason that we have our theme image of this mighty wave of rushing water coming, overwhelming us. It's an image of the Spirit's power. In the Greek language, the word for being baptized is baptizo. It, what it means in the Greek is to be completely immersed, to be completely submerged in water. Of course, that's one of the reasons... We baptize the way we do. The baptize we, the way they did in the Bible times. We completely immerse in water. It wasn't a little sprinkling or pouring or anything like that. It was a complete submersion in water. And so to be baptized in the Holy Spirit is to be completely immersed in the Holy Spirit. To be surrounded, to be overflown with His power so that every part of your being is filled with the Spirit. At the end of his message, Peter concludes in verse 38. And he says to this, 
vast crowd of thousands of people listening to him. He says to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. And so these two verses are extremely important verses, and they really uh, are not as well-known or famous as they should be. Here we see God's three steps for living a supernatural life of power. First is to repent and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. Second is to be baptized in water as Jesus our Lord has commanded us. And third is to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that Jesus both offers and commands every believer to receive. Now, who is the baptism or the, who is the promise of the Holy Spirit's power for? Who is the baptism in the Holy Spirit for? Well, Peter mentions three groups of people here. He says, first of all, the promise is for you. That is the people he was speaking to, the 3,000 plus people gathered on the day of Pentecost. The promise was for them. It wasn't just for the 120 believers in the upper room. What happened to them was going to happen to all of these 3,000 people gathered there. The promise was for them. Secondly, the promise was for their children. It wasn't just for those that were there in person that day. It was for the children of these 3,000 people. And thirdly, well, I'll just add that young children can be saved. They can be baptized in water, and they can be, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It happens all the time. All of our children have been saved, water baptized, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Finally, the gift of the Spirit is for everyone of all time. What does it say? For all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. People that the Lord calls to himself are believers. Every believer is somebody God has called to himself, and they have responded to that call and put their faith and trust in him. And so the gift of the Holy Spirit is for everyone of all time whom the Lord calls to himself. And so as I said, next week we're going to talk in more detail about what the baptism in the Holy Spirit uh, is all about. And during this series, I'm asking you to do three things. So I've asked you to do how many so far? Two. Okay, so we have one more. Uh, so the first thing I've asked you to do is to read one chapter in the book of Acts every day. Uh, if you miss a day, you can catch up. I mean, you can read a chapter in the book of Acts in five or ten minutes. But I want you to read and really understand what God is saying. Second was to pray and seek God for more of his power in the new year. And third, I'd like to encourage you to read a great uh, new book. It was out just this year. It's written by Assembly of God Pastor Jeff Leak from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's called Power for Life. So guess where I got the, message, the title for my message series, okay? It's an easy read. It's full of current stories of God's power working. Uh, Pastor Leek explains from God's word why every believer needs to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's, it's really, I've been looking for a good book on this for a long time, and this is it. Uh, this is really it. It's only nine chapters long, so I'm encouraging you to read a couple chapters a week. And if you do that, you'll complete it in January. My guess is when you start reading, you won't be able to put it down, and uh, you, you'll read through it long before the end of January. So 
I have made available the book. You'll see out there on the guest table. Uh, we have copies of the books. And I'd recommend one book per family. Uh, we have some available there. If they're all gone today, we'll have more by next Sunday. So don't worry about if somebody has to take the last one, take the last one. There'll be more uh, by next Sunday. And uh, we definitely encourage uh, every family to take one and for every person here to read through it. The whole book is only 140-some pages long. That's an easy read, and <clears throat> it's going to explain a lot of things that we're not going to have time to explain in this series. It's for people who are seeking to have the power of God in their lives. It's for people who are seeking to understand the baptism of the Holy, Holy Spirit. It's for people who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit but aren't living in the fullness of that or who want even more of God's power in their life. So I've gained a lot out of that book for my own life, and I'm sure you will as well. So today, uh, not quite there yet, today is our first message in the Power for Life series. We've talked about why I need, why you need the Spirit's power in your life. Jesus commanded his followers not to try to follow him, not to try to carry out his commands for them in their own strength. He said, you need the Spirit's power, and so we also need the Spirit's power in our life, and God has made that available to us. God created us to live a supernatural life, a life that's permeated by the supernatural power of God to see God do things that are, humanly speaking, impossible. And we can't do that on our own. We need the Spirit's power. And so Jesus is continuing to pour out his Spirit. It began on the day of Pentecost, and that pouring out of the Spirit continues to this day. And those who have faith receive that power into their own lives. Not only do we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, but we need to grow in our experience with him to fully live in that power of the fullness of the Spirit. And we talked about three things that Peter preached to the people on the day of Pentecost. And the second two can be interchanged, although the way he did it is the normal sequence. It was the normal sequence back then. Actually, today it's reversed. We won't get into those details today. But the first thing is the first thing. In order to have the power of the Spirit in your life, you have to be a believer. And to become a believer, you need to admit that you've sinned and ask Jesus to forgive your sins. You need to believe in him, put your faith and trust in him as your Savior and Lord, and commit yourself to following him all the days of your life. Now, people have, some people have different reasons why they don't want to submit their lives to Jesus. Some people think that their plans for their lives are better than his. If God is the God of the universe and he created you, who do you think knows better how you should live your life than he, the one who is created or the creator? God has the perfect plan for your life. Sometimes people don't want to submit their lives to Jesus, a very common thing is that people have prayed in the past and they've asked God to do something for them. And in their mind, God 
didn't answer that prayer. And so God didn't do what you want, so you're not going to do what he wants. It's really kind of foolish, isn't it? The creator of the universe, if he didn't answer your prayer, it wasn't his will to answer your prayer. Maybe it's what you wanted, but it wasn't part of his plan. He knows what's best. The only wise thing to do, the only reasonable thing to do is to submit your life to your creator. So let's bow our heads right now. If you'd like to commit your life to Jesus Christ for the first time or recommit your life, I'd encourage you to pray along with me something like this. Father, today, I admit that I've sinned. I admit that I thought my way of life, my plans for my life were better than yours. Perhaps I admit that I've sinned by being angry with you for something I thought you've done wrong. Forgive me for questioning the God of the universe. Today, I ask you to forgive my sins. I choose to believe in you. I choose to believe in Jesus, that he died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven, the perfect sacrifice. He rose from the dead three days later and ascended back into heaven. And I commit my life to following him as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for coming into my life. And for those of us who are believers, let's pray as well. Father, thank you that Jesus did not leave us alone when he went back into heaven. We thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives inside of every believer and yet so often we realize we are lacking the supernatural power that we see recorded on the pages of Scripture in the book of Acts and all throughout the New Testament. And so in this new year, God, we make a decision to seek more of your power in our lives. We make a decision to seek more of your power in our church. Forgive us, God, for being satisfied with our lives the way they are with so little power. Help us, God, to take time to read the book of Acts and the Power for Life book. We pray that you would bless Pastor Leek, who took the time to write it. Bless him and his ministry. Remind us to pray daily to you, God, and to seek more of your power in our lives in this month of January. We thank you for your promise that those who seek you will find you. We thank you for your promise that those who knock on the door of heaven, the door will be open to them. We look forward, God, to everything that you've planned for us this year. And we look forward to receiving the power that we need to carry out those plans. And finally, we remember the missionaries that we support, serving you and all the countries of the world, living in conditions oftentimes far more difficult than those that we complain about. We pray for the Assembly of God missionaries in El Salvador this morning, for the ministry of King's Castle that are getting children saved and discipled. And they're growing up to being pastors, missionaries for the kingdom. We pray that you would bless that ministry. Help it to expand and reach more and more people for Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.